This episode is sponsored by Bilio. The team at Bilio has been working day and night to perfect and deliver a new line of Bilio masks. Each Bilio mask is made in the USA, washable and reusable, knit to shape with zero waste, and designed with a proprietary recycled polyester and ecstatic silver yarn blend that requires no post-processing. Bilio is proud to see design taking the lead on solving the main issue of keeping medical supplies available for those that need it most. They are taking orders from their website, biliomask.com. That's B-I-L-I-O mask.com. On this episode, we have Didi Wong. Didi hails from Hong Kong, was educated at boarding schools in the UK, and attended Boston University. She began her career in public relations with Vera Wang and event planning with New York City Ballet and others. Inspired by her yoga practice, she launched an apparel label called Chakras by Didi. Her insatiable appetite for bringing people together led her to launch her own event planning company, a life coaching practice, a motivational speaking platform, and appear on episodic digital series. In her latest endeavor, she will pursue a lifelong passion for high-end travel. She is also an active angel investor. Didi, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you so much, Asim. We've been friends for so long, and this is so exciting. <laughs> it is really exciting. This yeah. feels more like a chat than it does uh, an interview. And uh, I'm just very excited because I know the story. <laughs> and I think <laughs> so many people listening are going to be really inspired by all you've done and what you do. Thank you. So uh, I'm super excited to, to have you on the show and to, to be able to share this. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'd love to start going way back. You're yeah. born in Hong Kong. Yeah, born in Hong Kong, raised in England. Uh, at yeah. the age of nine, I was sent to uh, an all-girls boarding school. Sipton Park, right? Sipton Park, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> that wasn't from memory, I have to confess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it was, um, actually it was Leland's with my sister, older sister, then it was Sipton Park by myself. Um, and then we went to Benenden, which is a royal Benenden. school. Yeah, right, Benenden yeah. is a royal is a royal school, and I was very privileged to grow up in England, where English was my second language, and uh, learn English with the Queen's English way. Which you <laughs> um, still have, I, chose, I adore. I, I know you were going back and forth during that time, and so share with us the challenges of coming from Hong Kong this thriving, multicultural, international city that is very densely populated to Kent, the countryside, yes. where there might be actually more farm animals than people, I'm not quite sure. Yes, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I grew up with the sheep and the horses and the goats all around me. Uh, it was a very peaceful time, it seemed. It was a perfect environment to study, I would say, uh, because I was in a boarding school environment it was regimented, uh, so we would have our matrons wake us up at a certain time, we'll go to assembly, we sing our hymns, and we go to our classes, and we have our lunch, when, and then I'll run into sing choir and do sports, and, and then I'll go back to classes for the afternoon, and then we'll have extracurricular activities, which I did all of. I did fencing, judo, squash, netball, lacrosse, you name it. I did ballet, Amazing. violin, piano, chorus, madrigals, all of that. Wow. And then um, and then we would have evening. So it was regimented. I grew up in a, in a really nice way. If I, if I were to, you know, that's the thing. I wouldn't send my children to the same 
regimented type lifestyle. Although I fully uh, think that my my life is my life as an independent woman, as a CEO and entrepreneur, and this, all the success I've acquired is absolutely based on that foundation. Right. So it's really interesting. I I just feel like. You had to become independent so, at a young age. Yeah. So now flipping back as a parent myself, and I, by the way, I have four children, nine-year-old, six-year-old, and twins at four-year-old. I don't know if I would send them to boarding school. And my, Michael, my husband, who definitely shakes his head on that. Yeah. Well, and the, the structure, the discipline, how regimented it is. Um, yeah. There are people who talk about that and say at the time it may not have been so pleasurable, but later in life, um, that structure has helped them. Yes, exactly. Um, so um, I know that uh, in Hong Kong there were some some issues in the family, and you were in some ways shielded and protected from them being in in the UK. Would you like to share with us? Yeah, about I I think that with most families, um, if they admit it or not have issues okay so it's not i'm not addressing something that is so you know waving my dirty laundry out to the world where nobody gets it i'm actually putting on a forefront in our conversation uh that mental health as well as uh addiction or any of those um things that could make someone change their way of thinking or they're not thinking, you know, um, and I would, I would love to address that because um, I feel like growing up, I was really somebody who had a sensible thinking pattern. Um, and it could be just, I was born with a knack of understanding communication as well as uh, personal development. And I really do feel very in tune with um, psychology or mental patterns and, and mindset and just when I um, I was I was probably 16 years old I would have conversations with my mom and I would re really listen to her and in general the conversation would turn into the fact that I would be saying something that made her think oh yeah you're you're right and it kind of turned into a therapy se session of sorts where I discovered that I actually know how to express things and articulate um, certain painful points, right. but with uh, with a flip of a, a perception, right? Per perceived in a different way right. to make it not sound so bad right. and to give light to it as, or, or, as well as inspiration or motivation to someone feeling better. So and that's level what of I- understanding and compassion. Yeah. And not put them down either, like yeah, not judging yeah. exactly. And I think that that is part of why I am a really good business coach. I yeah. I have been very successful at what I've done in the last three years of my life, just coming back out to the workforce after having the twins. I I just fell very comfortably into this world of international speaking, and and um, it's really all about inspiring, right? When you speak, you inspire. And so when you inspire, you're gonna absolutely tap into people's mental states and people's way of living and how they think. So because I have that and I feel confident with what I've created for myself, people tend to lean in a little bit more and actually understand 
you know, how to maybe change their ways of living or change their thought uh, thought process yeah. and be able to change their life. I have to say, I really appreciate your candor and your willingness to talk about it. And uh, because I think this is such an important element to what makes you not only a successful CEO, because you understand people and you have yes. a high sense of emotional intelligence, but also as a business and life coach uh, and an inspirational speaker. Um, you Thank you. Connect with your audience and with your I clients. like that you put it in that way, Asim. I haven't heard it put that way before, where you know it's really the emotional intelligence versus uh, IQ, right? Yeah, IQ, exactly. IQ yeah. versus yeah. EQ, yeah. right? And yeah. Right, and in the way our our society, our world needs more EQ and respect each other, even though we may not have the same beliefs. Right. So going back, you opted to do university in Boston as yes. opposed to the UK. How, what was that experience like coming to the US? I'm sure you traveled here and visited, but to study and live. Okay, so this is the thing. I chose America because I wanted to be on Broadway, right? But <laughs> underneath it all, I am, I am literally confessing to you right now, underneath it all, it was because I knew I wasn't very smart. I knew that I was not getting good grades in school. And the only way I could go to a university was to choose to go to America. It was all about those recommendation letters that got me into a university because of my personality. I was always a teacher's pet. I was always doing my best. People can see that of me. You know, at the, even at the beginning of Boston University, I became like a peer advisor. I was like the dean's, you know, be on the dean's list and all of that. So that actually helped me grow my confidence with myself. I tell you that matters more. Well, again, really appreciate the very candid share, um, uh, Didi, that um, I think the listeners will grab, uh, garner a lot of strength from your just candor. Um, it's it's Thank really you. phenomenal. Um, from BU, you headed to New York. Um, yes. Vera Wang, you started yes. out with. In, yes. In PR, which is so well suited to your personality. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I went to I went to New York City. I went to Vera Wang, and right away Vera just fell in love with me. She was so kind to me. She was very much the character of Meryl Streep in yes. The Devil Loves Prada, right. Right? right? And I lived that film, like literally in my life. <laughs> As soon as Vera calls and says, I'm going to be there in five minutes, everyone runs back to their desk and literally just like that movie. And whereas for me, I kind of saw what's happening and I was an intern at first and I was just like, wow, this is very weird. <laughs> People were so scared of her, yeah. but I was still my bubbly self with her. Right. And I would smile and you know, I wasn't. I wasn't out of the way kowtowing to her or out of the way just sucking up. I was just being myself. And, you know, her and I got along a lot and, and um, she was willing to help me with my uh, green card. We got denied, unfortunately, but mm. she sent me to New York City Ballet to have her friends at the ballet so sponsor me to be stay in America. That's so really uh, yeah, Vera Wang was amazing experience. I loved PR doing that. I'm meeting all the celebrities and carrying my, the, you know, her dresses are so yeah. huge. Yeah. I remember, remember I would be on my tippy toe holding up the hanger with the bridal dresses that are so huge, much bigger yeah. than me. I'm only five foot one. 
So uh, then we went to New York City Ballet, and and I got denied again with my green card oh dear. Uh, to stay. Yeah, I I had I had about a year and a half at New York City Ballet before they told me I was denied. Wow. And then I had to fight my way into the country. Like, what what else do I do? So I found someone who was willing to pay me under the table to stay in the country and still, you know, pay my bills and stuff. This was um, uh, Pier 59 Studios? This was Pier 59 yeah. Studios. Yeah, Pier 59 Studios catering first. And then and then the two um, businessmen who owned, who owned the company actually did sponsor me again for the third time. And we got accepted at that okay. time. I was oh, wow. I was a director of public relations right. and catering and special events for Pier 59 Studios. And I worked for Madonna, Jennifer Lopez, and Puff Daddy. I worked for Patrick DeMarchelli, Steve Mysell, all the top mm. photographers you can think of, yeah, right? Yeah. And yet I decided to leave the, the job because of this aha moment. Uh, called by Joaquin Phoenix personal assistant. Okay. And she told me that they, I must have a tofu sandwich from the Second Avenue Cafe uh, at, on his table by the time he arrives, which is going to be about 30 minutes. And I was scrambling. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't send anybody out because everyone was busy. And I ended up going myself. And I, was, I got down and got into a yellow cab and just had this aha moment. Why am I stressing you know, to to get a tofu sandwich for a celebrity. I mean, it was just a really big, oh my God, I, I am not in the right place, even though I was amongst the glamorous life of New York City, right? Yeah. At age 24. Yeah. Um, actually, it was 25. So I quit. I, I went back and I quit my job and, and that was pretty much the end. And the next week, I found myself as a reservationist at a Chinese restaurant. I never regretted that that um that decision, decision though yeah. <laughs> uh, well it was the right one yeah um, you're right sure. why be stuck in that situation well uh during your time in new york you met michael yes yes i met michael because i wanted to be an actor as i as i told you i wanted to be on broadway so i was taking acting classes dancing classes singing classes all of that i wanted to be on the musical and so i went to black nexus which is the acting school i went to and he was my teacher. I only took uh -huh. one class and I did not like his teaching style, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> he was swearing too much for this British boarding school girl. And granted, it's because the scene was in the jail. After that, we didn't have, we didn't, we didn't go on a date or anything like that. But uh, he, he actually swore off women. He had, a, he had a bad relationship and he said, if Dee Dee, is meant to be she will come back my way and wow. this is another great story for believing in the universe yeah. and he actually said no i promised myself i'm not gonna date even though i really really like this girl and i think you know i would really love to no nope, i promised myself so he let go he didn't ask me out and in fact if he had asked me at that time i would have said no because i had a, a boyfriend at that time okay. but the timing was perfect he then emailed me because he saw a huge, massive list with uh, CC, every single student that's ever been to Black Nexus. And but apparently my email jumped out at him. And that's when he you know, emailed me. And then we went on our first date and we just, it was like love at first sight. And we've been together 18 years. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and four children later. That's, that's yeah. phenomenal. Well, um, you switched coasts. 
after, shortly after you guys met or after you were married? Uh, yeah, not too far uh, after we got married, actually. Uh, Michael was a you know, well-to-do actor. He, he was on Broadway, main lead, Tony winning award play. And uh, he got a pilot to film in LA and he was flown first class, you know, all the bells and whistles to, you know, for this actor who's come from New York and been on Broadway, blah, blah, blah. So he got, got a taste of the good life, right? And, and so his agent in LA said to him, you know, uh, Michael, it's time for you to move to LA. You've done the New York thing. You've done very well in New York on the East Coast, but LA is where the film and TV is. So you, you know, you should think about coming. And so he, he came back home and told me, and I'm like, sure, because I was an actress, you know, and I'm like, I, I'm fine. I, I, I love you and I'm supportive of you. Let's do it. Yeah. That's when my soul searching began. When I came to LA, I hated it. I really, wow. I was crying a lot. I, and, wow. and imagine I'm a bubbly, happy, optimistic yes. girl. Right. Generally, that's kind of in my DNA. Yeah. But yet I found myself just really upset every day just not knowing what I'm supposed to do yoga was really the only thing that kept me sane during that time and the little time that I had with Michael when he came back home from filming or from you know so um one day I was reading the yoga journal one of the biggest magazines in the yoga world and I know I love talking about this now with you Asim because we went through our yoga journey together right and so in that magazine, there was one page that said yoga conference in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong is where my parents are. So I'm like, oh, yes, I'm going to take this opportunity to go back to Hong Kong, visit my family with my sisters and do five days of yoga. Right. <laughs> so it was an intense time because I I was really good at my yoga. I was getting to a level where I wanted I, I wanted to be a teacher and really want to get certified. And it really yeah. Uh, got me going and very in touch with myself, became more spiritual as I did more yoga, right? And I went to Hong Kong, I finished five days of yoga and I felt completely elated, ecstatic. Like it was just a euphoria type of feeling. My body was so tired from doing five to seven (laughs) hours of physical yoga, yet I was just so inspired and excited and all So that last night after the fifth day, I went to sleep and I got up at 4.30 a.m. And there was a strong calling. It was just a calling. I literally dreamt my first tank top. And you know my old company, Chakras by Didi. My very first tank top was a white tank top, ribbed tank top. And I had a downward facing dog in the front um, with the words downward facing dog underneath the pose. And then in the back of it, I would put Vasta, which is the Sanskrit for, for downwards facing dog, right? So I decided to create a yoga clothing line that would educate and actually help people understand which yoga poses were good for them depending on what ailment they had. Yeah. And with the tag that tells you all the benefits of that pose, right? So anyway, I developed this company I had it for 10 years and through that journey, I went to many, many, many yoga conferences and which is one of them would be in San Diego where that's I met great. you. Yeah, Shitanga Yoga Conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my story of becoming an entrepreneur. You can actually read that in my very first book co-authored with Jack Canfield called right. Success Breakthrough. Wow. My, my chapter is called The Birth of My Entrepreneurship. Wow, brilliant. Yeah. 
Wow, that's amazing. I went from being an actress to becoming an entrepreneur. So all I had to do was read lots and lots and ask lots of questions. I asked many questions to many business owners who are my friends. Being willing to ask when you don't know yeah. and being willing to take the time to read and research when you don't know and yeah, learn. Absolutely, absolutely. What yeah. was your scariest moment in running that company? Uh, there was one conference. It was probably the second or third conference that I did in the beginning stages of Chakras by Didi when I really only sold eight tank tops in that one conference. And I just was like, oh my God, I made, I made so much investment in yeah. coming to have a vendor booth and flying there. I can't remember which one it was in, at all, uh, but I do remember just the feeling of, oh my God, I only sold eight tank tops. Yeah. And it was just a very bad ROI. Yeah. And then you have to keep up. You have to pick yourself back up, right? Yeah. You have to. Yeah, okay. So how do I develop this line into another line and to something else that could make more money? And that, that's what I did. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. <clears throat> yeah. So would you say it's your versatility, your resilience that was the key for your success? Um, resilience for sure. Uh, not, I would say not being afraid to continuously invest in myself mm -hmm. and invest in the company. Yeah. Uh, just because of one event, I want to give up. No way. Yeah. You know, at yeah. that time, I was just like, no, 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 no. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. So okay. I had Chakras by Didi. I became more and more part-time with it because I had babies right? yeah, I, in right. my 30s. I was just pregnant, not pregnant, breastfeeding, not breastfeeding. And I was like, a, a good nine years of my life was gone because of... Yeah children so after i breastfed my twins at around eight months i turned 40. Yeah. so when i turned 40 and i had a party in my backyard i remember there was a moment it was like my second calling where i just looked out and i was like i need to go back out to the world and do something yeah and i didn't know what i know that i love real estate I know that I've had success with real estate and I know that my passion for yoga clothing was dying down. I just started going out to seminars and because I like real estate, one day I saw on Facebook, there was a real estate expo in downtown LA. Okay. And I was like, oh, let me go with Michael. I just got, bought us both tickets. And we got to see, you know, Pitbull concert left right, you know, right in front of us, Sylvester Stallone right in front of us. and. Brendan Burchard, all the big names, and of course, Tony, who was there, right? Amazing. And, um, you know, it really inspired me to become a speaker nice. um, and, and, and also learn about real estate in the real investment sense of the word, like flipping and wholesaling and all of that. One day, I went to listen to Dave Meltzer. Yeah, I just heard him speak, and right away, I was just like, he's the guy. He's mm. the guy I'm going to... Uh, hire to mentor me. Nice. And I, I can't stress it enough. If you are listening to this podcast and you are an entrepreneur and you are somebody who wants to make it big in the world and you have ambition, then please go out and find yourself a mentor. I, I can't stress that enough because if you don't have a mentor, keep you on your toes, who are, who's already walking the walk, talking the talk and can give you all that they know, they've already been there, keep you accountable, yeah. be there as your advisor whenever you need you know, advice, 
then, then you're not going to be able to accelerate as fast as you can because we all are losing time. And that's what I've become. I've become a business mentor and I've done that for entrepreneurs. And now I'm in real like, deep into coaching and helping people be successful. And yeah. I love it. I really love it. No, that's fantastic. And in some ways, um, you're giving back what Dave Meltzer had given you. Yes, paying it forward, absolutely. Paying it forward, which is brilliant. Um, is Yes Academy similar to Social Spotlight? Not at all, not at all. Okay, so, so let's talk about that. Yeah, the Yes Academy. Um, it was birthed out of being on this TV show with Dave Meltzer. So Dave Meltzer, because he was my mentor, he saw so much in me. Mm -hmm. Like if you are an entrepreneur who is insecure, not know, have fear, and not sure what to do, like I was, I hired Dave, he guided me and he believed so much in me that he asked me to be an investor on a TV show. Wow. And here I was like, me, really? The, mm. the show is called Elevator Pitch. Right. And they had 60 seconds to talk to us through the camera. And if we like their idea, we send them up and we don't like their idea, we send them down. Right. And it's actually the number one digital TV show right now. If you want to look it up. It's wow, fantastic. Already. Hearing some entrepreneurs who did not take advantage of the one moment that they can ask for $50,000, $100,000 to invest in their company, I was like, oh no, I need to open up an educational program of some sort to help entrepreneurs know how to speak, know yeah. how to articulate. Yeah. Yeah. And so I opened up the Yes Academy. So it's all about well, getting yeses. It's all about conveying a message with articulation and knowing how to speak in order to get your yes. That's brilliant. <laughs> Clever. I couldn't think of a better person to be running that. That's so great. Oh, thank you. Mm. I love it. I love it. Oh, I really so nice. love seeing the sparkle of the eyes of entrepreneurs. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the world I love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Well, you also have been deeply involved with the Women's Economic Forum. Yes. And uh, you produced their LA show. Correct. Uh, and they've also honored you significantly. And I want to yes. one particular event. I mean, you've been all over the world. You've been to Egypt and so forth. Yeah. But your trip to India, where they gave you this uh, Woman of the Decade Award. Yes, that changed my life. We're in that attendance. changed my life. I got an, an email from Dr. Habeen, who is the chairperson of the Women Economic Forum. And it was, it was an email that just came out of the blue, like we want to um, we want to award you with Women of the Decade for Entrepreneurship and Venture Capital. So Women Economic Forum have a hierarchy of awards, but I pretty much went from not getting an award, having, ha not having an award from them, to jumping to the highest award oh, that can slow. be possibly given, yeah. right? But I did fly to India in a short notice. I told my mom and dad, and my sister and all of them came um, to great. support me. And this was the life-changing uh, trip that I, I made. Okay. My mom and dad love India. So they, oh. they totally you know, ran at the opportunity to come. For once, they saw me speak. They saw how people reacted to me. They saw all the women ran up to me and just treated me like a celebrity of sorts. And they saw me win this award. Now rewind history my mom and dad never i was always the dumb one remember i told you i was always the one who got d's 
never really did anything that made them really proud, you know, and they, they just long for a very successful child. <laughs> and it's all in all Asian families, right? It's, not just, yeah, mine. it's not just mine. Yeah. Um, so for once they saw me glowing on stage, receiving the woman of the decade for entrepreneurship and venture capital. And right after we had lunch and the way my parents spoke to me, Oh, it was completely different. I don't think I've ever had them speak to me with that much respect, with that much love, and in the way that they really saw me make it in the world. Biggest goal in life was to make my parents proud. Yeah. And right. I did in the India trip. That's really So cool. I decided to put, pay it forward and do the same exact event, but in Los Angeles, because I own a special events company. So right. why not? That's right. Oh my God. <laughs> From being the biggest success and achievement to my lowest, biggest failure. Because in the LA uh, WEF, WEF LA, which was just the end of 2018, um, I lost over $250,000 in that event. Asim. Oh, I don't think yeah. if I ever showed, uh, shared that with you. But no, I didn't know. I was devastated in a way that I never felt so big. Um, but at the same time, in front of the scenes, everyone was just like, oh my God, it was such a beautiful event. So many women got impacted in a really positive way. And I didn't have enough people come as, as I had expected. I had let people down. There was just so much turmoil after the event oh, wow. that I crawled into my little dark space in 2019. Mm -hmm. Not for long, because... You know, that's who I am. I pick myself up and Good. dust myself off and start all over back again. Back on that bicycle, right? <laughs> that's right. So 2019, I, I dedicated the whole year to making that money back and more and was very successful at doing so. Um, thank goodness, mm -hmm. because I just I just worked extra, extra, extra hard. And I had to believe in myself because mm -hmm. that's why I talk about confidence so much, Asim. This is the one thing I really, two mottos in my life is be your own best friend and love yourself first. If you are confident with who you are, no matter how much you fail, you know you're gonna pick yourself back up yeah. and can you, you can do it Absolutely. again and try again and try Absolutely. again and try again. And, uh, and now I'm you know, glowing and shining and doing all sorts of amazing things and, and really, really happy that I, I got myself through that time. I just prayed, I prayed, I prayed, and I, and I manifested all sorts of things in 2019. And yeah, it turned out to be a really excellent year for me. So That's thank great. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, I give you a lot of credit, Dee Dee. It's not easy to come back from something like that. Your introspection that came as a result of 2019 and, and your rebound has brought you now to this amazing place. And uh, would you like to share about that, the genius uh, company that you're now involved with? Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you through my journey of all that, my, my career just really blessed to have skyrocketed. I was I appeared in the Oprah magazine just March of 2020 as women who need, who mean business. That's really and, good. Congrats um, on yeah. That. I've gotten to speak at the UN. I've gotten to speak on Broadway. Oh, by the way, so my, my yeah. whole Broadway story came right back. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't make it in the way that I thought I would. Right. I didn't think I was 
I wanted to be in a musical, you know, doing kicks and singing and stuff. But I got invited to be the only um, Asian female speaker to be on that stage in the Broadway theater. And um, so I took that platform to sing rather than just to speak. Wow, so I, I actually made my own dream come true. Yeah, I sang over the rainbow. Wow. And because fantastic. it's all about come, dreams coming true, right? At right. the end of the song, it's like, uh, if happy little bluebirds fly beyond the rainbow, why, oh, why can't I? You know, I'm, I, wow. why can't I make right. it, right? So Thank I you sang. for that treat. I had no idea you had such a great <laughs> singing voice. Thank you. So I said, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, you're going to go for the gold, you know, go and think bigger than big. And that's who I am. I'm gonna make it in this world and I'm I'm already making it and I'm not gonna be afraid to think bigger than bigger. And all of this that's on my vision board will will come to fruition through hopefully this new company that I invested in called the Genius Institute. I'm gonna be leading the Genius Luxury Division. Genius. And very soon you'll hear about more about the Genius Key. Okay. So thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. Didi, thank you so much. Achieve is recorded at Subtractive and Hangar 8 at the Santa Monica Airport. Music is produced by Hennedy.